If it's Wednesday night after the election, it must be drunk sports. I'm Jonathan Levy. Sitting over there is Grant Dennison. As always, two beers deep. Right. That's exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, drunk sports is always on a Tuesday. Always. Yep. Except the last two weeks. Every single time. (laughs) Drunk sports is on. You can count on it. 9 p.m. on a Tuesday, uh, depending on where you are. Yeah. If you're right around where we are. Yeah. If you're in the West Coast of the United States, 9 p.m. on a Tuesday, you'll be able to listen to it. So the most upsetting thing that's happened over the past two weeks is clearly the drunk sports has come out on a Thursday and a Wednesday. Yeah. So we apologize to everyone. That's (laughs) definitely, that's a huge thing. And there was some stuff that happened to get in the way and made it a little tougher, but... That's beer number three, because we always start too deep. Beer keeps me happy. (laughs) So just in case you're somehow new to the show, which seems impossible. I mean, everybody listens to the show. Here's what happens. Uh, We go over a whole bunch of cool sports topics, and over the course of four quarters of talking, Grant gets progressively drunker as we go. Quarter number four, he's about eight to ten beers deep at that point. We do Let the Drunk Fix It where I post sports dilemmas, and other dilemmas, of course, too grand for him to fix with his creative drunken way. That's the best one. Just go ahead and fast forward. The I rest mean, is garbage. It's terrible. It's hard to argue that drunks, uh, Let the Drunk Fix It isn't the best part of the show. Yeah, it's, t- it's a tough argument. You're yeah. not going to win that argument. But you're going to enjoy listening to the progression of Grant getting drunker. And it's also all part of everything. The high-quality sports talk. Of we course. Deliver. Of course. Hey, oh, by the way, it's also yeah. a drinking game. We didn't oh even mention that. I, so you can drink uh, along with Grant. That's a drinking game, obviously. It's pretty obviously. clear what you do. You drink at the same rate that I do. So you should have already had two beers, you wankers. But <laughs> You uh, damn wankers. That was great. Thank you. Did Gerard Butler just come into the... Oh, Gerard. <laughs> hey, yeah. No, it's, he's always stopping by. We finally let him say something on hey the show. Hey, guys. How are you? <laughs> That's a great Gerard Butler. <laughs> I've been That's about on... as good as Gerard Butler's American accent is. <laughs> it's fair, then. He gets paid. Yeah, he, he gets paid a lot. More than we do to do this show. That's Currently. for sure. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> drink along with Grant. You drink at the same rate that I do, about 5% beers. Uh, that's the silver medal level. Of course, we do it Olympic style where there's different medals. Bronze level is if you are a wuss and you drink half as much as Grant, which is fine. You can be a wuss. It's okay. Yeah. I, I'm not anti-wuss. And uh, gold medal level is you drink high alcohol beers. You shouldn't do that one. I say this every time. Jonathan always says, you should do it anyway. Jonathan doesn't drink, so he doesn't get to say that. He <laughs> Just doesn't. do it, people. Yeah. Whatever. Don't be afraid. <laughs> and then there's, I always forget to mention platinum yeah. level, where you listen at 2x speed, which is an option on most podcast apps, and uh, and drink along with Grant anyway. So you can think of, if we're keeping it in the Olympic uh, forum here, you could think of it as like being the, the Olympic record holder. Not the world record holder, but the Olympic record. So you like, get the Olympic record. You get that, that OR. Yeah, you know, exactly. the yellow, The yellow one. The, the blue one is the WR. Very nice. Yeah. Now, I want to just point out before we get into everything, you can tweet at us at Drunk Sports Show. Give I'll us never your... see it. Yeah, but I, I'll see it. So, so if you have something good. that you want to say, but you specifically there's one person in the world that you don't want to see it, and that person is me, tweet at Drunk Sports Show because I am not allowed to look at that Twitter. That's right. And the reason yeah. why is because when we get Let the Drunk Fix It suggestions, Grant can't see that because it's always a surprise to Grant what we're talking about in the fourth quarter. Most things are surprises to me. I have the memory of a goldfish. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. All right, let's get into quarter number one, shall we? Okay. Okay. So, first off, uh, New Orleans Saints uh, veteran quarterback Drew Brees and also Zach Streif, who's not a quarterback, but he plays Never even team. heard of Zach Streif. I'm going to say he's like a fullback or something. Is that a thing still, fullback? Sure. They expressed concerns Monday. 
What were you saying? Ripkowski. That guy's a fullback. Yeah, sort of. He's got a sweet name. He's got an incredible name. Anyway, they expressed concerns Monday that the growing mistrust in the NFL league office has spilled over from the players to the fans and is hurting the league's popularity. Breeze basically is saying he thinks the reason why NFL ratings are declining is because people no longer trust the NFL. He says, we feel like the decline in TV ratings is a direct result. I know that the players don't have any faith in the way that things are conducted within the front office in the NFL, certainly when it comes to any type of investigation, when it comes to any type of commissioner discipline. And it's really kind of a joke at this point, unfortunately, and it shouldn't be like that. Well, that is powerful. I'll say that. for If it was just Zach Streif, then I don't think anybody would care. <laughs> yeah. But Drew Brees saying that is powerful. Everybody loves Drew Brees. You yeah. Know, he's he's the golden son of New Orleans. I think that's his nickname. I think that's what they call him in New Orleans only. I, I'm for sure calling him that for the rest of it's his life. It's an incredible nickname. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. But, I mean, I mean, we don't have to really belabor the point because I feel like it's been belabored for the past 10 years. But Goodell is a shady piece of shit. Like, that's kind of what Breeze is saying in, in more words and without the word shit. Yeah, and, and if, if you're a new listener, yeah, we do swear on this show. No, we don't. <laughs> Only what Grant he, does. Oh, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, no, Goodell handles everything poorly, like Breeze said. I don't know if I agree with Breeze that that's the reason. I think we've already speculated it's the reason on this show before. Yeah. My, my thought is that it's the concussion stuff, which is also something that the league office does handle, but... It's kind of impossible to get away from the concussion stuff in a, in a different way because with the Goodell handling the suspensions poorly and not being in good relations with the players, that's fixable with a new commissioner. But if you want to get rid of concussions, you have to fundamentally change the game of football. Yeah, I don't agree with either you or Drew Brees. That's I don't think ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that before. Yeah. That, Actually, that, that's that true. That sentence is probably yeah. true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but I, I think Drew Brees... It's maybe wishful thinking that the reason why the ratings are down is because of distrust in the league office. I don't see why there would be any more distrust now than there was a year ago or two years ago with Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, et cetera, et cetera. It's just the slow seepage into the soil of Greg blood. Hardy. Um, and the same thing with the con- concussion stuff. The concussion stuff has been around for a while. I don't know why the ratings would suddenly drop now. The, there was that Will Smith movie, dude. Which did not do very well. No, but it... it you just I mean, love people, his people performance. Saw, people saw the... Like when they're on their Apple TVs or whatever and they're looking at the top movies, it was there for a while. And they're like, oh, that's a movie that sounds boring, but yeah, that's a problem. Can I ask you a quick question? You saw that movie, right? Yeah, I did. Do you still watch the NFL? Yes. Okay, just checking. We do a podcast about sports. But that's not why you watch the NFL, is it? No, it's not because I don't really watch baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Like if we we didn't used to do a podcast about sports, would you you be watching it anyway? The reason I watch the NFL to the level that I do is fantasy football. Yeah. That is the truth. So you're still doing that. I'm not – I'm not – I mean, me too. I, yeah, but I, but the NFL hasn't lost one hundred percent of their viewership. They've lost eleven percent, right? But Something I just, like that. Sure, but it's it's so I don't follow the eleven percent, right? But it's maybe you should you... get a statistician's degree before you go flinging your shit around. <laughs> Why do you think though? If the concussion, you think it's concussions, but concussions haven't stopped you from watching it. Why so do you what, think other okay, people are what, watching? What's your reason? I think it's a. I think it's mostly actually that the election has just drawn eyeballs away from this. Donald Trump has been his like. Uh, a, an orbit that you know we really haven't seen in a long, long time, and so the amount of attention that's been paid to him, both on the internet and on TV, so it's you're saying just people different. are spending eleven hours a day on Sunday looking at articles about the election. I'm saying some percentage of the United States is less interested in football than they used to be because they're interested in this instead, and so that may end that, now. That, well, I guess your point is interesting because it can be easily disproven by football coming back. Well. Yes and no. It's actually, if Hillary had won, 
yesterday, I would say it's we're going to know. Trump winning, there's going to be probably people are going to be paying more attention, although I think it will be less. I think if ratings don't go up to some degree almost right away in the next two weeks, then I think my point will be disproven. Right. Okay. But they don't have to go all the way back to regular levels because there's still maybe some crazy media things that happen around the Trump presidency. All right. So we both disagree with Drew Brees. Um, yeah, Brees, you're wrong. We but have not di- Zach Streif. Zach, we love you, buddy. Yeah, but we have different ideas about it, I suppose. But I do like that Drew Brees came out and said that because Goodell is a shady piece of shit. He really is. He's so shady, and his suspensions are so weird and so imbalanced. I feel like he's just like pawing at nothingness in the dark, and he doesn't really know what he's doing. And it's... And he comes off looking like an ass, and maybe we're not giving him enough credit. Maybe he's just dumb. Nah. No, he's not just dumb. He's just the guy who takes the heat for the owners. That's his job. $75 million a year, that guy. He made $44 million two years ago. Yeah. Actually. So So that's a lot. I will say this, too. Drew Brees drew this conclusion, but I believe what happened is someone said, Drew Brees, why do you think the ratings are down in the NFL? Some reporter asked him this, and Drew Brees wanted to talk about— And Zach Streif was right there? Yeah, they wanted, they wanted to talk about Because Drew Brees and Zach Streif, <laughs> best buds for life. Maybe they are, They the have way. one of those PFF necklaces. You know, you know, Zach Streif is the guy who first came up with the nickname, the Golden Son of New Orleans. No, I came up with that nickname, and Drew Brees, you should pay me for that, because you're not allowed to use it without my consent. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I think Drew Brees Probably just wanted to talk about the lack of trust that the players have in the NFL and found this question is an easy way to get there. That's the best nickname of all time, by the way. It's a very good nickname. The Golden Son of New Orleans. The Greek God of Walks is a better nickname, and that was Kevin Euclid's nickname when he was in the Oakland system. No, it's not a better nickname. I'm sorry. That's an outstanding As the guy who came up with one of the nicknames, don't you think I have more authority here? (laughs) I think you do (laughs) Did you come up with the other nickname? The Greek God of whatever? Walks. Yeah, I don't even even remember it because I don't care. It was such a bad nickname. Did you never read Moneyball? (laughs) I watched Moneyball. You know who read Moneyball? Roger Goodell, because he's smart. And smart people read Moneyball. Well, because the NFL owners need him to take the PR hit for having read Moneyball. So they're like, you have to read it. So that way, when people hate us, we'll just say you read Moneyball. Okay, let's move on. That's, you know what? You're, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you got that one right. Okay, good. All right. Staying in the NFL, or as we like to call it, the National Football League. God damn it. <laughs> so an interesting thing happened. Mo Wilkerson of the Jets, he, of course, is one of the defensive linemen. Very good defensive linemen. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Uh, he was benched for the first quarter of Sunday's 27-23 to loss to the Dolphins after being late to or missing team meetings. And the interesting thing about it, I mean, that's interesting in itself. Yeah. But the interesting thing about it was him and Sheldon Richardson, who also got the same uh, benching. Richardson's even better. Yeah, Sheldon Richardson. Yeah. He's good. Their absence included being a no-show for an October 22nd walkthrough meeting with the defense where there were plans to serve cake and celebrate Wilkerson's 27th birthday. He missed his own birthday party, bro. Well, you know he was hungover, right? Uh, I mean, he was probably hungover. Yeah, that's why whenever an NFL player misses a thing or like Jonas Gray for sure was hungover. I was I thought about this for a second. We talked about this uh, yeah. last week, how Jonas Gray had... Who maybe you don't know who we're talking about, but he was a Patriots running back, and he had 200 yards and four touchdowns in a game. His first start and only start ever for the Patriots. Yeah, I and believe. then he missed the first 20 minutes of practice the next day or two Something days like later. That. No, it was the next day. I, th- I think. Okay, maybe, it was maybe next, two days later. It's the next day. What What do you think a young NFL player might do after having such an incredible game, thinking they're on top of the world? Call your mom? Nah, maybe for a second. And but by what, the way, call your mom. What? Not their yeah. Mom. yeah. Yeah. Of course. She's very good at congratulating people. Yeah. What, what what about after that? Um, 
Watch TV? No, I don't think so. No. I think he got tanked. I Get think he got I think drunk. he I think he did platinum level twice in a row. Wow. And then he did not make it to practice because he was hungover as fuck. That is yeah. my working theory. It's a good theory. And that's the same with the birthday thing here. They were hungover. And I think this is a message not about the how the Jets hate it when you miss your own birthday. They hate, <laughs> they hate it when you drink enough the night before a practice that you miss the practice. And yeah. that's the unsaid thing with all of this stuff. And this is a common thing in the NBA. It's actually kind of a joke that I've seen. I think Grantland used to make this joke pretty frequently. Um, when when NBA players were under the weather, feeling sick, you know, yeah. especially on days after holidays, stuff like that, or after a big win, it's like, no, they're not feeling sick. They are hungover as yeah. balls. Like if you they, know? if you fly into Miami the night before, I think teams stop doing that because the Miami nightlife is just too good, and you always lose in Miami. Then yeah, like you can't win a road <laughs> game in Miami. It's impossible. Yeah, so I think they're hungover. I think it's it's funny that it happened happened to be that they were hung over on one of their birthdays and that's why they got banned. Yeah. And it's funny that it came out. It's good. It is. It's, it's interesting good. to me because so Bill Belichick runs a very tight ship in uh, one Patriot way up there in Yeah, he uh, got rid of Jonas Gray. He's like, fuck this kid. He got rid of Jonas Gray and more, much more recently he got rid of Jamie Collins who a lot of people thought was one of the very best defensive players on the team. Yeah, but he wasn't just he was drunk on the field during the game. He was not drunk on no, the field. No, it's confirmed. <laughs> he was freelancing on the field and not doing what they wanted him to do, that's for sure. But the Browns You know who else for was him. a freelancer? Who? Peter Parker. <laughs> yes. Freelance photographer. <laughs> that's true. For the Daily Bugle. <laughs> Guess true. how many lives he saved? Um a lot. He so what what are you trying to say then? <laughs> are you trying to tell me that you don't like those lives being saved? <laughs> Wow, you've really boxed me into a rhetorical corner here. I That's my specialty. That was very good. Thank you. That was very good. Uh, you know, you're on your game tonight, Thank buddy. you. Appreciate Great it. job. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but the point is Belichick shipped him out to the 0-8 Cleveland Browns, who gave up a third-round pick as and planned to basically max him out. You can't – obviously, there's no actual max out in the NFL, but they're going to pay him essentially, like, one tier below, like, J.J. Watt money, apparently. Okay. So, like, they think he's a superstar, yeah. and they got him for nothing, and Belichick is like, get out. Well, Belichick is crazy. Also, I did watch Spider-Man earlier today. That's why I was oh, so easy. Oh, <laughs> makes more sense. Yeah. I, was, I was like, wow, I, I'm impressed you knew the Daily Bugle. Yeah, I was watching Spider-Man. Which Spider-Man? Which one? The first it? one. Tobey Maguire? Yeah, both of them are on HBO. The first two are both on HBO, the Tobey Maguire ones. No one will, will ever watch Spider-Man 3 again. It's pretty bad. But the first two are great. Yeah. Second one's great. First one's a little campy. I, I, I yeah. hadn't watched it for many years. Sam, Sam Raimi directed it. He's a campy type guy. That's yeah, his thing. It's a little campy. But it's pretty great anyway. I mean, yeah. That kiss, the upside down kiss, awesome moment. I mean, you need to relax a little bit. It's an awesome moment. The look in Jonathan's Kirst, eyes is Kirsten, not... I don't feel safe. <laughs> Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst back then. Woo. What is that? What is that? Pretty hot. Whoa. Anyway. This is a podcast about sports, buddy. You know, chicks, sports, I don't know. Way to objectify women. Let's yeah, move on. Sorry. All right. Uh, moving on, indeed. So, uh, finally, for this quarter, Lance Stevenson got cut again, this time from the New Orleans Pelicans. This guy, uh, there was a little while there when he, people were talking about him potentially being on the All-Star team. And uh, what, what beer is that? Number four, right? Sorry, I didn't do that near the microphone. You yeah, sure did. This will be number four. It's like you're already a little drunker than normal. I'm not. I'm just in a good mood. Oh, okay. That's yeah, good. I'm, just that's having nice. a, I'm having a nice time. You look like you're having fun. You know, drunk sports is a fun podcast to do. Yeah. Yeah. So we, make, we don't have to take it too seriously. I like that. It distracts me from the world. It makes me happy. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, speaking of getting distracted from the world, Lance Stevenson, who himself could be a distraction in different ways, 
no longer in New Orleans. He went from being on the Pacers to signing a deal with the Charlotte Hornets. I believe it was a three-year, $27 million deal. He really tanked in that, on that fucking team. Yep. They got rid of him. They traded him to the Clippers. That didn't work out super well. Nope. They got rid of him, and he is in New Orleans and now no longer there. My question to you is, Lance Stevenson's still pretty young, still has a lot of, in theory, useful talent. Is he going to play again in the NBA? I'm not sure he is. It's, I think he will play one more time. I think somebody yeah. else will give him a shot. Be, I don't know. Okay, so I, I did a little thinking about Lance Stevenson because I knew this was going to come up. Oh, and, wow. Uh, You're like a prognosticator. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I just <laughs> thought, like, Lance, who's Jonathan going to talk about? Somebody named Lance. Lance Bass? No. No, Lance Stevenson. Yeah, yeah. that's who he's going to go for. Um, so I looked into Lance Stevenson's stats in his best year and stuff like that. Mm. But I also looked into some more some articles about uh, like how he was feeling when he moved from team to team. You know, he was interviewed after, for example, when things really went poorly in Charlotte, like his field goal percentage was like 33% or something. It was mm-hmm. really bad. Yeah. And, and he had to move on. And he, I think he kind of hit the nail on the head by accident as to why he is not really a good utility player on a team, unless they have the right kind of other guy there. He needs the ball. He, he said this himself. He said, well, it kind of didn't work out because Kemba and I, meaning Kemba Walker, are kind of the same type of player. We're both physical. We both are tough, scrappy, small guys, and we both need the ball to be effective. And he said that. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, like, people don't want Lance Stevenson as their point guard. They want him as their shooting guard who can pass. Yeah. So that's what they want. And he can't be that unless he has somebody of the caliber of Paul George, I guess, to kind of supplement that. Maybe. And also, I guess when the Pacers, who the Pacers have, I guess they had George Hill back when he was doing yeah. well. And George Hill was playing really well. And maybe also that was Lance Stevenson coming up. And George Hill is a guy who can shoot threes, and Kemba's not really. So, I mean, he's okay. At he's threes. okay. But if there's going to be a point guard on the team with Lance Stevenson, they need to be able to, to catch and shoot because okay. Stevenson's going to be a guy who gets them the ball. I mean, you know, having a two guard who can create is pretty awesome in theory. But it has not worked Not if out. he needs the ball to be effective. Maybe yeah. maybe this speaks to his mentality because he's the one who brought it up. Not necessarily that every two guard who can pass is going to be a liability if they have a good point guard on the team. It's that uh, Stevenson maybe would disengage emotionally from the game or something if he wasn't really the, the vehicle the offense ran through. He is supposed to be. I mean, he was on the Clippers. They didn't have any kind of a bench at all. He should have been able to be an extraordinary guy coming off the bench for them. You should have. It really did not happen. I don't man. know. I mean, his best year, okay, people, not people, people who are, like, really into the NBA thought of Lance Stevenson after his Pacers sent as, like, this hot commodity, somebody yeah. who would really want to maybe even build the team around. Yeah. I don't think his numbers are that good. I think that we might have over. I mean, maybe numbers don't tell the whole story, but. I mean, the Pacers were really good. He was young, and he looked like he was about to take the next step forward. I mean. When he signed with Charlotte, they gave him that three-year, $27 million deal. He wasn't really worth $9 million yet, and that was pre-New you know, New Yeah, now he'd cap. be worth $9 million, probably oh, current. Lance Stevenson well, might even be maybe, worth $9 million. I don't know. That's close. But, um, but yeah, but, but people thought he was going to grow into that. He was like one step away from being worth that or maybe a lot more. Right, but let me just give you the stats of his best year. Do it. Because it's not as if he was some sort of LeBron clone. No, it's like 12 points or something. Right, it was, uh, I got this. It's a 14 points per game. Yeah. Not bad. 4.7 assists, 7.2 rebounds. That's that's impressive. The 7.2 rebounds is great. With the five assists. Yeah, 49% field goal, which is great, and 35% from three. I mean, that's a very useful player. on Every team in the league should want that guy. Right, but I feel like he was talked about as this commodity that was like, 
Antetokounmpo level to commodity, like this Swiss Army knife player who could do everything just because he had reasonable rebounding stats mostly. I mean, no one would talk about any NBA player ever the way you talk about Giannis, in fairness, right? You're the guy who's all Giannis all the time. You are. You're the Giannis guy. I just worry. The golden son of Milwaukee. (laughs) (laughs) I worry on Valentine's Day what Giannis is going to do when he gets home and he won't be able to get in the door because the teddy bear that you've sent him is so big, he doesn't know what to do. It blocks the way into his own house. I know the specifications of Giannis's house, and I will tell you what, the teddy bear I send will not block any entrances or break any fire codes. It will be perfect for him in his bedroom. There will be chocolate also. <laughs> so, yeah, back to Lance Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I don't think people talked about him in that level of glowing terms, but I think it was maybe just only one notch below, in right. fairness. You know, 14, 7.5, and, and 5, which is close to what he had anyway. Yeah is really good from it a guy is. who shoots well on a winning team. I mean, that's really useful. That's a really great third best player on your team. Yeah, that's yeah. like fine. That's like, yeah, you can really work with that. Like if he was on the Cavs, able to do that on the Cavs, he would, I guess maybe he'd be the fourth best player on that team, but he'd be a very important piece to them. Sure. He might still become a very important piece to them, having said all this, right? Maybe that's his last stop, and they give him one last chance, and he's really useful. That's a potential landing spot. I actually really like that. For They kind of revived them. Iman Shumpert. You know? They could revive yeah. Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson's so much better than Iman Shumpert, and, yeah. you know, if he's at peak Stevenson. But right. he's been at not peak Stevenson. Off peak. And it's not like he's got his A+, plus and then he's been playing B+. Plus. He's like A+, plus and F. Yeah, and it's been like years of F, by yeah. the way. Yeah, and it's his like, goal percentages have been... Terrible. That was one of the more impressive things. Yeah. 49% from the field that year, which is great from for an outside player. But it's been like in the low 30s a I couple mean, years. How about the Pelicans who are like 0-8, have Anthony Davis, are doing everything they can to make that guy want to stick around. And they're like, we're going to cut the guy who's probably got the second most talent on the team because what, are well, what else are we going to do? I mean, Haral Bob, as, as we know, Haral Bosvogaris recently tweeted, somebody needs to free Anthony Davis. You know, yeah. Like, uh, we hope it, like something along the lines of like I hope this doesn't get too late for Anthony Davis because that guy is so talented on such a bad team. Yeah, such a bad team. You know that reminds me. Just before we wrap up this quarter, we actually did get a tweet about Anthony Davis. Oh yeah, indeed we did. Let me just call it up right here. It's from Jay Recker. Okay, you may heard have of heard him of him before. Yeah. He's a fan of the show, which we love. He tweeted at Drunk Sports Show. That's us. He said, "Would Anthony Davis play even better if he had two eyebrows?" Uh no, no, I think. I think the one eyebrow is where the power comes from. Oh, really? Actually, it's not. No, I, I misspoke. It's not that he has one eyebrow. That's not where the power comes from. Jonathan, some educated people heard, have heard of a tale of a, a person named Samson. I don't know yes. if you, I don't know if you've heard of this. Of tale. course not. I'm not educated. Okay. Would, well, Samson's power came from his hair. Yes. And then a woman named Delilah cut off his hair. Yeah. And then he didn't have power anymore. But he was pretty into Delilah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so. about that's what that song "Hey There Delilah" is about. Um, so anyway, also the song "Samson" by Regina Spector. But please continue. Yes. So anyway, Anthony Davis's power doesn't come from the fact that he has one eyebrow. It's from the part of the eyebrow that is directly above his nose. Ah. Yeah. That that part is the like middle, his Samson hair. The middle brow. Yeah, the middle brow. That's where it comes from. So if he lost that, he would just be I don't know, Murray Spates or something. Let me ask you this: Would it be better then for Anthony Davis to go reverse middle brow? Shave everything but the middle brow? I feel like that would look like a misplaced Hitler stash. It would absolutely <laughs> look like that. But he looks pretty weird anyway with that single massive brow thing. It. Uh, I mean, 
It's kind of it's kind of crazy that he never chose to just start shaving that thing. Maybe because he's, they started calling him the brow, and you know he's Anthony Davis. He's been treated like a god his whole life. Yeah, he's know? like I can do whatever I want. He's it's the fine. golden son of New Orleans. Oh no, there's two. No, sorry, the Milwaukee joke worked better because it's a different city. No, that's what I'm saying. They're gonna have to fight. Him and Drew Brees will have to fight. And Maybe Anthony Davis wins. is the platinum son of New Orleans. Whoa, yeah, you just, take it up a notch. That was that was crazy, bro. I know. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, yeah. So Jay Record tweeted that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. I'm glad we got that out of the way. All right. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back and talk some more NFL and NBA. Time to talk about some more National Football League teams and news. Seriously, is that ever going to end? The national thing? That's what I'm doing. By the way, welcome listeners to quarter number two. Come on, be cordial, Jonathan. You know, I just said a moment ago, we're going to come back with quarter number two. Do I need to? From their their listening experience, they just heard me say quarter number two. If I repeat it again, it's not great for them. Are you you really thinking that? That the listeners are stupid enough to not know that we have a break because we tell them and they know they know that we have a break. You are you are just being disrespectful as <laughs> shit. You're right being now. disrespectful. I mean, I, yeah, that's part of my job, man. Yeah. I'm the drunk. <laughs> I meant towards the listeners, not towards me. Oh, because yeah, of course they know we have a break. But do I think they're stupid enough not to remember that we just that we're in quarter number two? I just said from their experience. Four seconds ago, we're coming to court number two. Why yeah. would I have to repeat that? I mean, what is a second, though? Time is relative. Don't you worry about the ear feel of that, though? Like a mouth feel? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the ear feel of that is I don't worry about it. I'm not spending most of my time worrying about ear feel. I'm spending a small amount of my time Well, that's because worrying. you're the guy who's drinking, and you don't have to do anything. But yeah, someone I'm, has to worry about the show over here, I'm okay? I'm worried about the taste of the beer over here. Right. I'm worried about the ear feel. Okay. I bring the ear feel. I mean, we are connoisseurs thought. of different things, I suppose. Yeah, so we all have different responsibilities on the show. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. All right. So some interesting things are happening in the National Football League this time around. I want to highlight a few teams, and we'll talk about them. Please do. I got to say, probably the most surprising story, at least in terms of you know good news for a team this season. I'm not... The Dallas Cowboys are seven and one. That's crazy. With no Tony Romo, it's like the nineties. No to- fourth round quarterback Dak Prescott has been starting for them. Seven and one, bro, and not just like a weak, lucky seven and yeah. one. Second best point differential in the league. They're plus eighty three. Second only to the Patriots, plus eighty five. Dallas looks kind of for real. They do. I mean, people have been talking for a while about how they have the best offensive line in football. Yeah, a that's few years it, now. that's probably a huge factor. That, that's really helpful. Sure. They don't only have that. They have Dak Prescott, who is a surprisingly good rookie, considering that he's a fourth-rounder. But, you know, it happened with Russell Wilson with being a third-rounder. It, it does happen sometimes. Russell Wilson, I don't think, had numbers like this this early. Though. No, I don't think he did. Uh, but he was considered pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but Ezekiel Elliott also, I mean, it's hard to gauge your running back, especially when you're behind an incredible offensive line. It's hard to know, like, is Todd Gurley actually worse than Ezekiel Elliott, or is it just because the Rams can't run the ball because the rest of the shit is terrible? Right. But it seems like Zeke is pretty good, too. Yep. So they have a good young core, um, and their defense gets the job done. It's not the best in the league or anything, but it gets the job done. So, yeah, I think they're legit, and uh, that's cool. They've won seven games in a row. The first game of the season, they lost to the Giants by one point. I mean, wow. Yeah. Just kind of a big wow. What do you think about Dak? Like, we spent a lot of the first few weeks of the season saying, yeah, 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 everyone's talking up Dak Prescott, but come on. 
Like, clearly, Romo is going to be the guy when he comes back. And right. now, Romo is healthy. You can't put him in. You cannot play him. You can't. Him. Dak's playing too well. His numbers are actually pretty darn good. Do you have him by any chance? I don't have Dak's I numbers. I will call them up. Don't you worry about it. But his numbers are good, and the team is winning, and they're winning solidly against good competition. Right? Yeah. They, they beat Philadelphia. They beat, They went to Green Bay and won 30-16. to That's huge. They beat Cincinnati. That's pretty good. They went to Washington and won. I mean, that's not easy to do. It's really impressive stuff. Yeah, they, they seem to have a legit shot. The The best shot they've had since the 90s is what it feels like. It really does. And it feels like they they have all the pieces except they don't really have the receiver piece yet because it seems like Des isn't quite healthy. But if Des becomes fully healthy, I think they they are a true contender. And I wasn't really thinking they were a true contender for a long time. Yeah. But now, now I, and Des, Des is starting to seem healthy, I guess. Yeah, starting to. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be a huge, huge upgrade for them, clearly at receiver, since they've been rolling out Cole Beasley every week, which, you know. Cole Beasley's Wes Welker light, you know? It's not bad. Is that because he's white? Is that why you say that? That's that's disgusting and racist. No, I also I also think Jarvis Landry is, is Wes Welker light. Okay, because Wes Welker used to play on the Dolphins. Yes, that's why. That's perfect <laughs> yeah. sense. I'm okay. a teamist. Here's uh, Dak Prescott's numbers, by the way. His completion percentage is 66.5%. He's thrown for... 2,000 yards in eight games. It's pretty solid. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, not like end of the world. But For a rookie, that's great. Yeah, 250 yards a, a game. That's pretty strong. He's got 12 touchdowns and two interceptions. Those are great numbers. Well, the 12 touchdowns it's really not, isn't that it's great. Not, it's not quite enough to be that's, great. but No, I mean, it's really. But 24 touchdowns, four interceptions, if you end with that, that's great. Yes, that would be great. Yeah, that that ratio is great for yeah. sure because they've been able to run the ball so effectively. He does. They don't ask as much of him, which is fine. He's a fourth round pick. Right. What do you want from the guy? Right. He's also um, getting fifteen and a half yards per uh, per game anyway on the ground. I should say that's pretty good. Also, his QB passer rating one hundred four point two, which is damn spectacular. Yeah. Although it's sort of a rigged number. It's a weird thing. Like I, I think we the, we need to focus not on if the Cowboys are good or not. It's clear they're good. Um, they might be the favorites in the NFC at this point. That's that's possible. It, yeah, I mean, I think that's a legit thing to talk about. Anyway. Yeah, which is crazy. But I will. I will, I think the most intriguing part, which is clear, is is the Tony Romo Dak Prescott thing. I mean, yeah, it's kind. Of, you don't see a thing like this happen very often. It's only because Romo got injured. But Romo is one of the most established veteran quarterbacks in the league. His numbers the last time he was healthy were incredibly good. Yeah, he was an MVP candidate. You right, know, he was that good of a quarterback and. Dallas loves that guy. He's the golden son of Dallas. <laughs> I mean, can you name a different golden son of Dallas? Um, obviously, I can. Dirk Nowitzki is the golden son oh, of Dallas. Oh, you're totally right. Yeah. Shit. Oh, thank you. I thought you were going to tell me I was wrong. No, no, it's no Dirk. you're right. It's Dirk. I, if I knew German, I would say, no, he's the something German words. But I don't have German words. In I can think of lots of offensive things, but I'm just going to let it go. Let's not. Yeah. Let's not. So it's interesting because, I mean, okay, let's let me let me pause it. A question to you. Please, pause it away. As far as franchise quarterbacks go, franchise quarterbacks who have been established in on their teams for at least three years, let's okay. say, and the teams really like them, and the sure. city really likes them, Yeah. where do you think Tony Romo ranks with like Tom Brady being number one most likely? We're talking about for active guys, right? Yeah, active guys. Okay. I would definitely put Tom Brady ahead of him. I'd put Ben Roethlisberger ahead of him. i put Drew Brees ahead of him. i put Aaron Rodgers ahead of him. Yep. Those guys are automatic. i put Russell Wilson ahead of him. Really already? Yep. I put Romo's uh, been at Dallas for so much longer, though. I know, but you just said for like the last three years. So I'm no, yeah, but I'm saying like 
the 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 feel I, I'm trying to include like the feeling of the the culture of the fans of the team, like how important the Russell the Wilson won a title. Yeah, went to, I, I, went to I'm, the I'm going to say Russell Wilson is questionable, but I'll give you that. Thank you. Yeah, I think he's I think he's pretty clear. I think Cam Newton's ahead of him. Cam Newton probably is. That's close to I think. Yeah, obviously what about Brady, Carson Palmer. I don't think Carson Palmer. I don't is. think so either. So uh, he's top ten at least. Yeah, as far as I like think, yeah. established franchise quarterback. I agree. I think he's a legit it's tough, franchise it's quarterback. It's tough to say, hey, this fourth round rookie is going to play instead of you, even though you're 100 percent healthy. They're really. I don't know if there's a comp for this either. Brady Brady Bledsoe is not a comp. Bledsoe was never close to as good as Romo is, and also Brady it was his second year in the league. Not, he wasn't a brand new rookie coming out of nowhere. That's beer number f- six, five, five, five. Okay. Also, Brady wasn't as good as Dak. His, not not early on. Yeah. His, his second year as a starter, he threw led the AFC in touchdown passes. I think he threw twenty eight, which at the time was a lot. Sure, um, but you're right. Brady was, however, Brady also you know hit every clutch throw all the way in the playoffs, as many of us may remember. But no, you're absolutely right. Dak, by the way, has been picking up steam because we're saying I'm saying like twelve touchdowns passes isn't that yeah. great. The last five games, he has eleven touchdown passes. Right. Yeah. You know he's getting better. Yeah. The and first three games he threw one. So it's so. okay. So it's an interesting question. Let's let's be Jerry Jones for a second. Let's yeah. Do that. Let's do it. All right. Be, okay. So I'm rich. This is awesome. <laughs> You're old though. That's all. I, that's all. I'm done. I'm just like excited. Okay. I'm pretty wealthy. You know, you're, nice. Yeah, you're doing okay. I I just bought a new stadium. You might be leveraged pretty far. That's true. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, never mind. Okay. Yeah, a lot of stresses at night. So we're Jerry Jones. We're not the GM because we know Jerry Jones really makes the decisions sure. in Dallas. The big ones, at least. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do you handle this? I think if I'm Jerry Jones, I let Dak continue to be the quarterback until one of two things happens. He gets hurt. And cannot play, or is you know is not playing well sure, at sure. all. Or the Cowboys go into a bit of a losing tailspin. If the Cowboys lose two games in a row, and Dak does not play well, I think we can consider benching him for the very very good guy sitting on the bench. But that's it for me. What do you think? That seems right. I think you wait and see if Dak. But here's the thing, though. That's that's probably what he will do, and yeah. probably what the right path is. But Romo is so established. Like, where where is the cutoff where you have to start the guy? Like, we talked about all the guys we have ahead of him. Yeah. Wh- which guy's the cutoff where you have to start him when he comes back? Ahead of Dak Prescott. Ahead of Dak Prescott if he's if he okay. were in the same situation. Aaron Rodgers would always get the start. Breeze would get the start. Brady would get the start. Guaranteed, right? Drew who? The golden son of what? The golden son of New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Roethlisberger. I think if you've won a title, it's hard not to give the guy a start. All these guys have won rings. They've also been around for a long time and are yeah. better. Than Romo probably too. I think Ben Roethlisberger probably gets his job back. Probably Roethlisberger is the closest. I think Romo and Roethlisberger are similar in skill. Probably right, but Roethlisberger's yeah. won two rings, and yeah. I think he's got a little more of that you know gravitas in terms of have to be able to throw himself around a little right. bit. Right. Yeah. Um, who else did we name? It's hard to remember. Russell now. Wilson. I mean, it's Russell Wilson's Cam job. Cam Newton. It's Russell Wilson's job if he comes back. It's Cam Newton's job if he comes back. So Romo's actually this is this tells us something, right? He's, Romo's behind all those guys, clearly, right? Right. Well, there's another piece to it, yeah. of course. And it's not just about appeasing the fan base or making sure you give your guy his due because he's done so well for you. It's the age track the Cowboys are on. Yes. And Romo's not on it. Right. Well, I mean, it's funny they keep saying age track instead of timeline, by the way. Everyone else in the world says timeline. I'm just putting it out there. Timeline's a show. It was a movie. It's a show, and we're not getting paid to promote what, it. What show is it? <laughs> Isn't there a show called Timeline? It was a movie called Timeline. There may be a show. I mean, there's a lot of shows. Uh, there's like three time travel shows. Isn't one of them called Timeline? No, actually, it's Timeless. 
And that's another one. That's we're like not getting almost paid. timeline. We're though. not getting paid to promote that either. The golden way. son of NBC. So anywho. <laughs> yeah. Um, you kind of lost. Oh, right. So if you're talking about the timeline, or as you like to call it, the age tract. Not even the age track, the tract. I do apologize. T-R-A-C-T, right? Yeah, I do apologize. That's kind of a gross word. Yeah. Like, not, like, not the age track. It's like it has to be the age track. Your colon tract is is messed up. It could be like your, your you know, esoph- esophagus tract or your throat Esophageal tract. would be the smart way to say well, it. Well, it would be. But you can't do I'm that. I'm talking to our audience, man. I want them to be able to understand. <laughs> right. I forgot how dumb they are. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, if we're talking about timeline, though, they're trying to win. Now they're trying to win this year. They weren't before. That's true. But they're, they're eight and, seven and one, right? They've got a legit chance now. Right. So you got to put the best quarterback you think you have. But Dak's the guy who's winning for them now, and the NFL is not really necessarily at this point. As far as sports go, it's definitely one of the lesser as far as analytics are concerned. So okay. whether or not the analytics, whatever they may be, what we would use to decide a starting quarterback would say Romo should start or Dak should start. The NFL is more about what have you done for me lately, and Dak's done a lot for you lately. Yeah, and by the way, I don't think Carson Palmer would get his job back either if he was in this situation. I think you're right. So that's like tells us a lot, right? Yeah. And part of it is that they're old, but I guess Brady's old and Breeze is old. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess the thing is it's it, you sort of have this really nice luxury, though, where you just wait. Like, if Dak starts losing, you can bring in Romo. No one's going to have a problem with it. Dak will probably be okay with it, too. Romo can understand. They're 7-1. and one. Either way, you have the best backup in the NFL. Right. Yeah. And next year, Dak is your guy, right? Yeah. So you just, like, get to play it out is this Dak, year. Okay, let, let me play out a scenario for you. Okay. Where Dak's not your guy next year. Let's hear it. All right. So, I mean, it's a pretty obvious scenario. But say, say Jerry Jones makes some sort of executive decision based on whatever nostalgia bullshit he's got going on, whatever. Two weeks from now, Tony Romo's a starter. Yeah. No matter how Dak performs. Sure. And Tony Romo plays like Tony Romo did in 2014 and is great. And yeah. is about the equivalent of Dak, right? Like, there's no clear advantage to either player. Yeah. But... And and Dallas goes to the Super Bowl, but does not win the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's a very specific scenario. Because I think if here. they win the Super Bowl, they keep Romo as a starting They have to keep yeah. Romo as a What if they, they go the and don't win? All right, let me play it. Let's make it extra specific. They go to the Super Bowl. Tony Romo plays great throughout the playoffs. He throws one touchdown and four interceptions in the Super Bowl. Well, then Dak's your guy next year. Two and two. I don't know. It's close. That's the line. That's the moment. Where yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think every other thing usually Dak's your guy. If Romo plays out of his mind and they lose the Super Bowl, then they probably stick with Romo another year. If they lose the Super Bowl and Tony Romo throws seven touchdowns, they're keeping Romo. I mean, I'm reminded of Brian Hoyer last year for Houston where he had a pretty good year. They liked him. They went to the, the playoffs, and he was horrific, and that they had to cut. They felt like they just had to get rid of him. Yeah. And he was better than getting Brock Osweiler, and they had to pay up Brock Osweiler. He would have more. been so much better than Brock Osweiler. He, on the Bears, he actually had great numbers until he got hurt this year. Yeah. I mean, he only played a few games, but yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to another team that's All also right. surprising and also in the NFC. That's, of course, the National Football Conference. Jesus, dude. What? Just like, give it up. <laughs> I'm rolling with it's gonna, it. I mean, we're gonna, you're going to keep doing that joke. I'm going to keep having this obligation to say something about it every time. I think, I, you know what? I think my optimal play is just to ignore it from that's, now on. That's, that's probably, probably the move. That's probably what I'm going to do. Absolutely. That's yeah. the right play. All right. Yeah. Green Bay, the Packers, are a surprising four and four. Right. They have, they've outscored their competition over the course of their eight games by 11 total points, which ain't a lot. I got to tell you. What the heck is going on in Green Bay? Um, I think, uh, well, the fantasy football podcasts I listen to tend to think that Mike McCarthy is a stodgy old man coach 
and he doesn't really get creative, uh-huh. and that might be a problem. Okay, it might be a problem. They just lost to the Colts in Green Bay, though. That was bad. And McCarthy's been, by the way, a coach of Green Bay for many, many years. They've had great success. Yeah. Do we really think, like, suddenly he can't coach these guys offensively anymore? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know what it could possibly be. Okay, let's look at their team. So they've, their four losses are at Minnesota. That's understandable. They lost by three. Uh, against Dallas, they lost 30-16 to 16 in Green Bay. That's not a good— Right, but we just talked about how good Dallas is. It's still not a good look not in Green good, Bay. Not good, yeah. They lost at Atlanta by one point. That's reasonable. Okay, Atlanta's great, too. And then they just lost to the Colts the in Colts Green Bay The Colts is the again. worst loss, for yeah. sure. And the, while the score was 31-26, to 26, it was not that close. Yeah. Right. The Colts, the, that, like the Packers scored a late touchdown to make it look closer than it was. Their wins are against Jacksonville, Detroit, the Giants, and Chicago. So they haven't really beaten it. They've lost to all the good teams and not beaten any really good teams. Yeah. I guess uh, it's possible they're just, their era might be over. Or maybe just this is a bad year for Just them. last week, I said my pick for the NFC Super Bowl contender was the Green Bay Packers. And now you're on the era of Aaron Rodgers yeah. is done forever. I just want to kind of admit my own bias. I appreciate and, and that. How, how it's it's hard to avoid such a thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it, I don't think it's over. I'm, I, was, I was being hyperbolic, of course. Yes. But Aaron yes, Ro- as long as Aaron Rodgers is on the Packers, they're going to have a shot to do something. That guy's great. Yeah, he's going to stay great, yeah. right? I mean, so they're fine for the next several years, ultimately. But they're, in fairness, their receiving core is beat up badly. It's they're, really possible they have almost nothing but Aaron Rodgers. Like, I know their offensive line is also beat up. Also, their they're running backs are beat up so much that they're using receivers to yeah, start at running They have back. a good run defense, but a bad pass defense. Yeah, so maybe if they fix the pass defense and they get their guys healthy again, they're fine next year. You know, maybe that's all it takes. Maybe it is. It's it's stuff that you don't really see as a, as a casual fan or as a fantasy football player that that maybe will be the ter- determining factor. It's clear that Aaron Rodgers is truly a great player and a automatic first ballot Hall of Famer yep. already. Agreed. Um. So as long as they have that guy, they have a shot. Uh, and I think there must be something going on as far as just too many injuries on the offense and the defense is not as good as it often is. Clay Matthews has been hurt a lot, by the way. Like, I don't know if he's even playing yet. I, I right. think he didn't play last week. I got a prediction. Okay. The Packers are going to make the playoffs this year. They're 4-4. Four and four. They're making the playoffs. That's a fair prediction. They're, only, I, they're one game behind Minnesota. They're half a game behind Detroit. Minnesota's fallen off a cliff, by the way. Yeah, they've lost three in a row. Yeah. That's awesome, by the way. Um, because I have a bet against them. That's the yeah. reason why it's awesome to me. Yeah. Uh, the Giants are one of the only other teams that's really in front of them, besides those teams I just mentioned, at 5-3. and three. So they're basically just a game out of the wild card anyway. I expect them to get it together a little bit and get a little healthier. We can hope so. All right. Let's go to our final team we're going to look at in this segment. Who is it? It's the Oakland Raiders. The 7-2. I was shockingly. I was a non-believer until that last game. Yeah, that's until fair. Until that Denver game. Because their point differential was always among the worst of any team that would have that record. Of yeah, six it was, and two. basically seemed impossible. But then they beat the Denver Broncos convincingly. Yeah, they beat it them was comfortably. Convincing. Yep, it was a little weird. Trevor Simeon had a bad day. Oakland is 7-2. and two. Now, their point differential, even after that game, is plus 22. It's not amazing for 7-2. and two. Not what you'd expect. And by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs, 6-2, and two, plus 34. The Denver Broncos, who just lost that game, 6-3, and three, plus 48. The San Diego Chargers, 4-5, and five, plus 21. So you could argue the Chargers have been very unlucky. Oakland's been very lucky. That said, Derek Carr's having a monster year, and they just beat the Super Bowl champs. That was pretty strong. I, I mean, how, I, how good I is Oakland? I 
my my I, I know this is the same bias I just had with the Packers, but whatever it, the recency bias. But I I think it, it's a bit different. This is a bit more legit because the reason I didn't really believe in Oakland before was because their point differential wasn't that good and they didn't have any super impressive wins. Yeah, this was a super impressive win against a team that we all think is a Super Bowl contender. And by we all, I mean me, Jonathan, and Gerard Butler, who's always in the room. How you doing? Yeah, <laughs> there he is. Yeah. Uh, and Liam Neeson also, but he he likes just to listen. He closes his eyes. He never speaks. I have a particular set of skills. Oh, <laughs> finally, Liam, you spoke. <laughs> that was really good, right? But, dude, it's not 2008. You don't have to, like, recite your lines from your movie. You're going to be taken. <laughs> <laughs> this is an excellent segment. Um, anyway, um, it's that impressive win is anecdotal for sure but it feels it feels like because they were already six and two it in a way legitimizes them it really does help to legitimize them i'm gonna point some things out here there are two losses they lost uh to atlanta when in oakland 35 28 that seems like a very reasonable loss yeah they lost to kansas city in oakland uh 26 to 10 feels a little less awesome yeah. for them their wins are at new orleans at tennessee at baltimore against san diego at Jacksonville, at Tampa Bay, and hosting Denver. So they've been monsters on the road. So like three of those wins were not that unimpressive. Yeah, they're like yeah. fine. Yeah, uh, they've had a few good wins. I mean, remember they had you know they went for it in week one, I think it was right or week two where they went for it for two at the end of the game. Instead oh, that of was week one. Yeah. yeah, and they also um, Riverboat Jack. Yeah, the golden son of Oakland. They started going, <laughs> started going for and fourth down two weeks ago. That ended up working out as well. These are games they really, very reasonably could have lost. Do you realize I just uh, misappropriated Riverboat Ron's name and then I used my <laughs> other nickname? Come on, that's amazing. <laughs> you're, you're crushing it tonight. Thanks. Yeah, um, they beat Denver at. Uh, sorry, they beat Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay, but they were, took them to overtime to do it, and it was honestly it was kind of a lucky win for them. So. To be clear, they're this close to being what are they seven and two to being five and four? Like yes, they're they an are. inch away from that. But if they were five and four and they just beat Denver that way, we would still say, okay, maybe Oakland has a shot here. We, yeah, we'd say that. We'd also say maybe Denver's not as good as we thought. Yeah. Say a bunch of things, right? Um, I don't think still this Oakland team is a worthy, a true worthy contender. I don't expect to see them in the AFC Championship game. I agree. Okay, I agree, but you know, could be wrong. Absolutely. And Derek yeah. Carr is looking pretty good. Their offense has got those two great wide receivers. And uh, Latavius Murray looked great last week as well. I mean, he looked great last week, but he hasn't looked great before. True. But overall, he's a good player. Yeah. And their they, defense, hate they hate him. Their defense, the Raiders fucking hate Latavius they're, they're, Murray. They're coming around on they're him. They're like, okay. I guess we have Latavius Murray, but can we just get one of these fucking undrafted rookies in there and see what he can do? You know how like, big the, as long as Latavius is sad, we're happy. We're the Raiders. You know how big the teddy bear Latavius got on Valentine's Day from the Raiders? You know how big it was? I think it was. Uh, is there such thing as antimatter? Has that... Is that existing? Um, I think it's just theoretical. Okay. But anyway, there was a supernova, and antimatter now exists. Okay. It was a teddy bear made of antimatter. That means, like, he'll die if he touches it, right? Well, they would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Why not just put a hit out of him? I mean, it's Oakland. You can just have him killed. Oh, you can't detect antimatter. Nobody can figure it out. Oh, so it's better yeah. that way. Yeah. There's no trail. Yeah. <laughs> How do you deliver it? How do you deliver antimatter? Yeah. What am I, Stephen Hawking over here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think it's a perfect place to cut this one short. We'll come back talk about the NBA in quarter number three. We're going to talk about the NBA now. Just a little 
Heads up to you who are drinking along with Grant. He is halfway through beer number six, which means if you are at the bronze medal level, especially get ready to crack open beer number four pretty soon. I thought we were going to stop doing the math for them. We did it once. You constantly are assuming that our audience is a bunch of morons. <laughs> I'm just trying to help them and prep them. Yeah. To give right. someone support doesn't yeah. mean you think they're stupid. Well, it's a little motherly in a way that's not attractive on you. I think it's very attractive on me. You know what? I was lying. It is. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That was very nice of yeah. you to say. I know. Okay. You needed a boost, right? I did, and yeah. I got one. You're welcome. Okay. So let's talk about the National Basketball Association. No, let's talk more about the other thing. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Go. Okay. <laughs> um, so an interesting thing happened recently. The Warriors and the Lakers played. And the Lakers beat the living crap out of the Warriors. It's kind of weird. And I thought originally the story was what the heck happened to the Warriors. But I don't think that's the story anymore. The Los Angeles Lakers are 4-4. Four and four. That's the story. They're playing pretty good basketball. I mean, here's the real thing that I know is on the tip of your tongue, too. But I get to be the one who says it because I'm fine. talking right now. You're good. Byron Scott was atrocious. Yeah. He was the fucking worst. Sure. Like, if if he wasn't the worst coach in the NBA, he was bottom three probably, right? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. So, Fred Hoiberg may have been worse. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but anyway, Her they hired is. Luke Walton, who maybe was really, really good on the Warriors, and that might be a big, big fucking difference because that team has a lot of young talent. I mean, uh, to to be fair, they added Ingram, but he's not really doing nah, much yet. Doesn't matter yet. Yeah. So it's the same talent essentially. And yes. Well. Not exactly, right? There's one big difference. Julius Randle's healthy. That is not what I'm talking about. Okay. There's a guy who is no longer on that team who was on that team last year. Oh, that okay. Fair point. That's a really fair point. Kobe Bryant so, took a million shots. All right. So it was the, no the good. problem was both Byron Scott and Kobe Bryant. Right. I, so, yeah. But I think they were both problems. Two huge minuses are gone, and you add a plus, it seems, in Luke we Walton. You got D'Angelo Russell, who is a great talent. Wow. Like that's, Look at you. You don't think he's a great talent? I think he's a good talent. He's the number two overall pick. So was, you know, some other dudes. Yeah, some other dudes were. Yeah, what about Darko Milicic? He was the number two Michael overall Jordan pick. Michael Jordan was number three. That's one less. Yeah, Tyrus Thomas, I think, was the number two overall pick. How do you feel about that? I feel like he had a reasonable career. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the Lakers have, they've, they've, Scored 108 points, trying to get this out correctly, and also given up 108 points. They are legitimately a 500 team based on their differential. This is what they're supposed to be. They are living up to it. Here's who they've beaten. Let's just talk a little bit about that. All right. They beat Houston in L.A. by six points. It's pretty good. I mean, they got James Harden. Houston's good. They went to Atlanta and won by seven in Atlanta, 123 Bunch of old men. Who cares? They, they hosted the Golden State Warriors and won by 20, and it was not close. That's, that's impressive. That's weird. And then they hosted Phoenix two days later on Sunday and won by 11. So that's all pretty good. Their losses are to at Indiana. They lost to Dallas in L.A., which is not crazy, I guess. They went to Utah and lost. They went to Oklahoma City and lost. I mean, that's pretty good. Let me ask you this. Okay. Do they have a shot at the playoffs? Wow. I was going to say no because it's a reflexive thing. Yeah. Because the Lakers are so bad. I'm going to look right now at the, uh, the West part of the NBA here. Let's let's count it out. You ready? The Clippers are making the playoffs. The Warriors are making the playoffs. Oklahoma City is making the playoffs. San Antonio is making the playoffs. That's four teams that yeah. are locked into the playoffs, right? I'm going to throw Portland in there cuz they're making the playoffs. Yeah. That's five. I'm going I'm throwing Utah in there. You know why? They're making the playoffs. Because they're making the playoffs. That's six. Houston's got to go in there because they're making the playoffs. That's seven. Now there's just a bunch of teams. There's Memphis. There's the Lakers, and there's not much else. Dallas, who's two and five. Sacramento's four and five. I mean, come on. 
Denver's three and four. I guess Minnesota's two and five. I mean, Lakers have as good a chance as any of these teams, probably. Yeah, they maybe make, Memphis. Maybe they Memphis. might make the playoffs. The the team, but they the Lakers need one of these teams ahead of them to have a significant injury. I think yeah. the Lakers probably make the playoffs. That's crazy. We may really regret saying this in two months, where the Lakers yeah. are. You know, they're four and four right now, and they're four and thirty-four. We yeah. may be like, and we'd like to take that one back, but I, I don't know. I regret nothing. <laughs> there you go. We base, we base everything we say on on uh, a statistical model that Nate Silver created. Yeah, and it's perfect. It's perfect, and that's why we say the things yeah. we say. Yeah, and they're right. Yeah, because it's perfect. Haralabob, who you like to reference in the show a lot. The golden son of Vancouver. Very nice. He's going to love that when he hears that on the show. He loves the show. Huge listener. Yeah. Not just a listener. Huge. He's very tall. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. Kind of of creepy looking, but nice guy. Anyway. uh, (laughs) He looks kind of like you, man. (laughs) What are you talking about? You know, there's a lot of self-loathing going on on this uh, this side of the microphone. So uh, he talks about the Lakers as currently his favorite team to watch. Wow. Because he's giving Luke Walton and the lack of Kobe Bryant, Bryant and Byron Scott the credit, but he thinks they're now passing. They're, he, I think he wrote something like they're not playing for themselves. They're playing like as a team instead of they're playing sort of for each yeah. other kind of a thing. Like that's amazing that yeah. he would say that. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He's one of the more critical guys. In, very smart guy, but one of the more critical guys. Like most of the things he says are critical, right? And so it's yes. cool. So that's that's pretty cool. Let's talk a little bit more about this game, the dynamic between the Warriors and the Lakers, okay? Okay. So um, I I know this is a big concern that a lot of people had, and I was dismissing it out of hand for the Warriors, but depth. They lost a lot of depth in the offseason. You know, they lost Bogut. They lost Azili. They lost yeah. Harrison Barnes. Those are big losses. I mean, is Azili really a big loss? It's depth at center. I mean, that's yeah. that's a great backup center. Okay. As far as backup centers sure. go, it's like top. I agree. Yeah, it's pretty good. Let's not go crazy. Let's not say it's the best backup center. Okay, but they did but lose. They lost depth. They right? lost those guys. They, they also lost Maurice Spates. I mean, now you're just saying words. I Yeah, I know. I, I mean, come on. Maurice they, Spates. They lost. Maurice Spates is, is. That guy's got the biggest mole that anybody has ever had. <laughs> well, that does make him special. That is really. True. That thing has gravity. So, I mean, that's depth. Wow, that is a lot of depth. That's yeah. true. Okay, continue, please. All right. It's possible their depth will hurt them, but my final analysis through my super awesome statistical models yeah. is that they're going to be fine. I think <laughs> you think yeah they did add David West and another guy whose name is Kevin Durant. Yeah, he's that fine. helps the depth. He's the okay. Fo- the front court depth a little but, bit. But I think uh, they did they did lose like real minutes guys who can just put in minutes. But if the, I think this is going to be typical of the Warriors, they might have some bad games. If they're going to manage themselves intelligently, because they need to manage their stars' minutes, right? The Warriors might end up with like a fifty-eight win season. That's possible, but it would be because they're not trying to win every game. They're just trying to get there with home court. And I mean, they may do that and end up with like a sixty-four-five win season. Yeah, because they're so good. They might, but as long as they manage their minutes well, they're going to be fine in the playoffs. Like no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, barring a big injury, they're they're fine. Like I think a lot of people will freak out if they don't win. As many games as they won last year? No one's going to freak out. Some they, people If they will. win 70 games, no one's going to freak out. If, if they win 65, people might. I think if they win 58, people will. I'll give you that's that. That's possible. But I think even if that's the case, unless the reason is one of their major guys got injured, they're going to be totally fine in the playoffs because the reason they would be winning so few games would be minute management, and they would be saving these guys for the playoffs. I mean, let's be clear. They're the best team in the league by a lot. Yes, right? they are. By a yeah. lot. And everyone agrees. And yeah. anyone who doesn't, you know, you're in denial almost almost certainly. Maybe not 100%, but probably a lot of denial. That's okay. It's okay to be in denial. 
So Lakers good, Warriors better. How about uh, this? Yeah. Yeah? We're yeah. going to say something else? No, or? no, just Warriors better than Lakers. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I, I, agree. I, I do think the Warriors are going to make the playoffs, if you're asking me that question. I, I'll so. put them in the playoffs. Yeah, okay, nice. nice. You know why the Warriors are going to make the playoffs? They have uh, a coach with a lot of heart. No, because they're making the playoffs. All right, moving on. I was wrong on that one, I guess. The Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. Having a pretty good year also. Yeah. They're 6-1, and one, and they're currently blowing the fuck out of the Portland Trailblazers in Portland. Yeah. That's per- no in LA. Sorry, in LA. But sure. still blowing them out. When we last saw the score it was forty-one to sixteen in the second quarter. That's kind of a lead you don't see very often. Yeah, that's like two and a half times the other team. It's more than two and a half times the other team's score, and we're not in the first quarter. That's rare for an NBA game, right? Yeah, you don't see that too often. Is what I'm trying to get at here. Are you following me? I feel like you're not following. I'm following me. you. Okay, great. They've outscored. Um, other teams, their point differential is number one, at least in the Western Conference. I'm going to check the Eastern Conference right now, but already number one in the Western Conference, but probably number one. Yep, number one overall. These guys are legit, man. So are they, though? Well, that's the question. Isn't that your question? <laughs> of course it is. Okay, let's let's just cut right to it. Can this team put any true fear into the Warriors? Because that's the only real question, right? I don't know if they can, but maybe the best version of them can. Maybe, like, if... If Blake Griffin is completely healthy, completely healthy. Sure. Yeah, he has if, to be. If CP3 is completely healthy, those mm-hmm. two guys are the most important. And they were both unhealthy for different parts of last season. And that was important. Yeah. And they use those guys right. Then I think they do have a shot because they're, the rest of their team is really pretty good. Like, I mean, maybe because they got Maurice Space now. Maybe that that's that's the difference. <laughs> He's got the, the mole. mole. He's yeah. got the mole. But remember, Blake, that, remember that ABC TV show, The Mole? I didn't watch it. You know what it was about? Was one person's a mole. It's no, it was about Maurice show. Spates. Oh, it was about Maurice Spates. <laughs> Come on. Stay with me, bro. No. <laughs> I refuse to. Um, but Blake Griffin, just for I, I know we're at a very small sample size for this season. Yeah. But he's averaging 9.7 rebounds a game, which means he's playing a bit more inside. And I think that's a good sign for them. Last year, he averaged 8.4. The year before, 7.6. I mean, the way that the Clippers legitimately put the fear of God into the Warriors as Blake Griffin becomes a top 10 player in the league again, right? Right. That's the only way it happens. And CP3 stays as good as he is. Yeah, but he seems to be doing that. And both of them are playing out of their minds right now. But Blake Griffin has to continue or maybe even take another step forward for the Warriors to truly be worried about him. But those two guys, if they are both their peak versions, that's scary. And then then they have a great supporting cast with DeAndre Jordan, J.J. Redick, all those guys. Yeah, those guys are really, really good, too. It's easy to forget about J.J. Redick. Because he's like the the fourth beetle a little bit, except there there were four beetles. So maybe the fifth beetle, the uh, Samo, the fourth clover leaf. What did you say, Samo? Samo. Samo is that the fifth beetle? Yeah, never gets his due. <laughs> What's his last name? The golden son of London. <laughs> Samo. <laughs> London's a big town, man. Um, so JJ Redick. Not having a monster year by the numbers, but the team is winning big. He's probably not playing that much. He's playing 26 and a half minutes a game, actually. But scoring 20, what, sorry, I said 20, but that ain't true. No. 12 points a game, shooting 41% from three. That's pretty strong. Last year he shot 49 from three. Wow. They're going to need that. 48, actually. The year before, 48. The year before, 45.5. The year before, 45. Wow, that is not true at all. Those are just his normal field goal percentages. You're right. 41, 48, 44, 44, 39. Really impressive, though, all the same. Yeah. Really useful, especially in today's NBA. Obviously, he's a great fourth-best player. He's a great fourth-best player. He's not really doing anything else. He's not getting rebounds. He's not getting assists. Never not has. Steals. Never will. 
Yeah, that's true. Never did. You would like him to get but a few But he really more stretches assists. out the defense when, when he's on offense. And know, I right? guess he doesn't need to get the rebounds because DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin do that. That went everywhere. What is that? That's your number seven. seven. Yeah. yeah. DeAndre Jordan does that a lot. DeAndre Jordan gets the rebounds. Chris Paul gets the assists. Blake Griffin does all the, the hard work to get everyone else open. And J.J. Reddick's the guy who is then open and kills you. Yeah. Right? It's a pretty good deal. They're a good team. They're a legit team. They're just not good enough. I mean, they really would never have lost to the Blazers in the playoffs last year if their two best players didn't get injured during the series. Okay, what's the worst player that can get traded to the Clippers that makes the Clippers a favorite in a seven-game series? The worst player. Yeah, so like, if we took the best player in the league, if you add LeBron to that team, they're probably and a favorite. And you mean traded right? for nothing. Yeah, yeah. they're trading for future first-round picks. They yeah. get seven first-round picks. So they're a favorite against the Warriors. Yeah, What if they add LeBron to that team, I think they're probably a favorite against okay. the Warriors, right? If he's only probably, then we're not going to have to go too far I'm down. Ask, I'm asking. I think they are a favorite with LeBron. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I think they are. Okay, so we'll start there. Let's start moving down the list a little bit. If you add Anthony Davis to that team, are they a favorite? Yeah. If you add James Harden to that team, are they a favorite? Close. It's close. Yeah. Maybe. It's okay. So that's around the line. So like, player, there's like maybe four players in the league you could add to the team. That's how much help they need to, <laughs> to actually challenge the What about Dwayne Wade? Yeah, what about Dwayne Wade? What if you add him? Hey, let's talk about Dwayne Wade a little bit, okay. shall we? Let's move on from the Clippers. Clippers are really good. We know that. The Bulls started off so hot. Was it just last week we were saying they were yeah. su- one of our big surprises? Yeah. What, what happened, brah? They, well, they won last time they played. What's their record? Uh, well, they're playing right now, so I'm not sure. But it, Forgetting I think, that. I think they're 4-3. and three. I think they are. They seem to have come down, sort of fallen to earth, if you will. Well, why would that be? Um, variance. I was going to go with coaching and players. Oh, coaching and players? <laughs> yeah, coaching and the talent. I'm going to go with, with coaching and uh, and sandwiches. Huh. They're not eating the right kind of sandwiches. Oh, okay. I thought it was just sandwiches in general. You were just playing me sandwiches. No, 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 problems. no. They're, they're eating peanut butter and jelly at night. Don't well, do that. Don't do that. Although wonderful and tasty. Of course. You have to do that. Delicious. Are you going to turn it down? No one turns down peanut butter and jelly after 11. You eat that. Yeah, that's I true. eat that. We okay. all eat that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think. Okay. So, I as I was saying, the hopes of the Bulls. I said that I think two weeks ago. The hopes of the Bulls rest on Dwayne Wade actually being this guy who can shoot threes. Yes. I don't know if he's gonna be. I like, mean, he's probably not really gonna. He's be. probably not. But if he is that guy, I still think they have a shot to be a good team. I think he can probably shoot thirty three percent from three. That's not bad. It's okay. That's yeah. good enough, but he's not a, a scary threat, which, yeah. so it doesn't space the floor as much as you really want. And when it's Wade, maybe you'd rather have him shoot 33% from three than drive the floor at you anyway. You know? Yeah. Maybe you prefer just go ahead and hit it one every three times, buddy. Whatever. Yeah. They really need a, a three-point threat, and they just don't have it. What about Dougie McBuckets, man? They got Dougie McBuckets, but he doesn't do anything else. Well, you know, he's working hard. But he's got, a, he's got a pretty good nickname. They have uh, RJ Hunter. He shoots threes. Yeah, but who cares? He doesn't do anything that else That guy's either. a piece of shit. He might be. I would cut that guy for a fucking ramen noodle pack. The Celtics cut him for less than that. So, All right. Just, they didn't just, get a ramen noodle pack? No, just one. They didn't ramen. get the traditional ramen noodle pack? No, just the one package of ramen noodles, not the whole pack of them. This is fucked up that Adam Silver is using his authoritarian power to decide how many ramen noodles you get. He gets to subjectively decide how valuable a player is when you cut them and you get a certain amount of ramen noodles. Yes, he's doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. (laughs) I hope everyone else is enjoying this podcast. We're having a blast. Yeah. (laughs) Good times. All right. Why don't we uh, stop our third quarter there? We're going to come back, do a little Let the Drunk Fix It. That's hashtag LTDFI. You can always suggest LTDFIs 
at Drunk Sports Show. That's on our Twitter feed. And, of course, tell us how you're doing with your drinking along with Grant. Any other suggestions for the show? We always want to hear from you. You've all been good, so it's finally time to enjoy beer number nine. It's either eight or nine. Okay. I don't remember. Whatevs. It's One your of fault. Yeah. I take full responsibility. You should have counted better. I counted. We need to well. sharpie these beers. One, two, three, four. And then after that, we don't use numbers anymore. No, we always know what the fourth one. Yeah. Right? That's definitely the fourth yeah. one. Like five? Yeah. It might be five. <laughs> but what is the time for? Everybody's been good. Oh, it's time for a little Let the Drunk Fix It. Oh! Grant, you've been especially good. I have? So you get to fix Am the I problems. Am I the golden son of Portland? <laughs> You're the golden son of Portland beer. Okay. I know that much. Cool. Yeah, you get to fix these problems. You've won. You've won the job of the drunk who's going to fix the problems this week. I don't get it every week, but when I do get it, I feel like I really did something well that week. Absolutely. This yeah. is like your gold star. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. So just in case people are new to the show, don't understand, this is the time of the show where I pose problems and dilemmas to grant usually sports-related, not always sports-related. Not always. From the past. I get angry. Yep. Grant does not like it because when Because this is at... My drunkest for the entire show, and you're just throwing me fucking curveballs. Grant never knows which is coming. a sports reference. Yeah, curveballs. <laughs> Very nice. And I get angry. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you ready for number Maybe one? You should just call us the angry drunk, and then I would have more of an excuse to just yell at you. I don't like that. I love it. I don't like it. Tweet at Drunk Sports Show and tell Jonathan how much you like the idea <laughs> of me yelling at Jonathan. Yeah, do that. Please. Actually, we, we love your tweets. Yeah, we'll read them. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. All right. Number one, problem number one for the drunk. All right. To fix. Already solved. Bill Simmons, sports-related guy right there. Yeah, huh? he's a guy that we aspire to be like, I suppose. In a lot of ways, yeah. actually, that is true. But in this way, maybe not as much. He has a three-year deal with HBO. That's pretty good. He's for $20 million. That's pretty good. Yeah. But his show, Any Given Wednesday, which was supposed to run for 20 episodes this season and 37 episodes next season, has been abruptly canceled by HBO after 17 episodes. Where did they get 37? They decided next year was going to be 37 episodes. That's all I got on that. I don't hear anything more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I got nothing more than that. It was going to be 20 episodes over 26 weeks, and then the following year was 37 episodes, and they weren't sure how many weeks it was going to be. That's all I got. Does it matter? It no, matter. it doesn't. It's canceled. So here's the thing. It's uh, weird. Okay, let me let please. me interject here. They slated it for 20, and they canceled it after 17. Yeah, something happened. Why not just let the last three run? Something must have happened. Yeah. Now, Bill Simmons tweeted about or wrote something and basically said, this is on me. I didn't. We never really found the audience. That's, that's my job. And was very cool about it, at least publicly. But why wouldn't they let the last three episodes happen? Yeah. He's an important property to them. He's right. Saying, like, why would they... Mess that up. So it seems sort of weird. And The Ringer is still going to happen, right? Which is an HBO-owned site that yes. Bill Simmons is the main guy on. Uh, and by the main guy, you just mean mostly like the main, like the chief of it. Like he yeah. doesn't like do that much writing himself. Yeah, he's the guy who like oversees The Ringer. Yeah. So, yeah. but they're paying him like right now. They're effectively paying him six and a half million dollars a year to be the editor of a website. Pretty good deal. Pretty good I'd, deal. I take that deal. Yeah, me too. A lot of people might. Yeah. So the question is, or maybe the, th- the problem for you to fix is, Bill Simmons in these last two and a half years with HBO, how can they use him so they get value? Because that's a problem for them right now. Ooh, using Bill Simmons correctly. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a long-form approach to this, as Bill Simmons often does. Let's do 50 quotes from The Departed as we go. Yeah, in his articles. <laughs> um, 
Bill Simmons is wonderful. I want to I want to preface it with this. I I loved Grantland. I thought it was great. Mm. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. The Ringer not as good. I mean, everybody can agree to that, right? It's just not as good. It's not as good. Yeah. Uh, but Grantland was great, and there were some moments. I I watched a lot of any given Wednesday. Maybe not every episode, but probably half the episodes that aired. Yep. And I enjoyed some moments. They were okay. So before we get to the fix, let's get to the heart of the problem here. Ooh, I like it. And uh, the heart of the problem is that Bill Simmons is not good on camera. Right. He's like below average human on camera, I feel. <laughs> of and, all humans? Uh, maybe, maybe not. How about below average TV person? No, he's far one of the worst. below average TV person. How about like not good enough to be on TV? Right. Is that fair to say? Something about his affect, it, it always feels so disinterested. There's, there's some. I don't feel like he actually is disinterested, but something about his, maybe his facial expressions don't change often enough. He always has that same wry smile on his face, but it's not in like an, a, a, a cute way or something. But I, I think his voice doesn't help him either. Yeah, his honestly. voice is, is very monotone for the most part. Um, he he doesn't have enough inflection. He doesn't rise and fall in volume very often. Mm-hmm. So all these things that are kind of key to being entertaining on camera. He's an excellent writer. I love reading the stuff that he writes. Mm-hmm. But when you put him on camera, it's it's not like he's ugly or something. It's just that he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't have the charisma. Yeah. Right? You know, he's just not charismatic. He's not. I think that's fair fair point. Yeah. So that's a problem and I think that's Always going to be a problem no matter what TV show he tries to do. Another problem that he had with this show, Any Given Wednesday, having watched it, was that it was largely interview-based. And he was kind of kowtowing to whoever he was interviewing. He was always trying to to kind of make sure that he was not, even if he was not on their side, being like really congenial and nice about it, kind of like everybody else does. Yeah. And that's not what he's supposed to do in that show where the ad for it was like, fuck billionaires. I, I you yeah. know, I, I hate how the establishment is, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Right. He's not supposed to do that in that show. And the reason everybody likes Bill Simmons is his deep dive into sports subjective analytic stuff, which is not necessarily based on analytics, kind of like us. No. But it's like it was very subjective stuff, but like his top one hundred NBA players on Grantland, that was great, right? Stuff like that. Oh yeah. And he did none of that on on this show. All he would do is interview rappers and and Al Michaels and like who gives a shit. Right. Like Absolutely. I don't I never cared about any given Wednesday, not once. Yeah. So I think there was a problem with the format of the show. I think there's a problem that Bill Simmons was no good on camera. These are a lot of problems. Yeah, right? these are these are problematic for, yeah. for a TV network. Do you, do you agree, Jonathan? Yeah. With everything that I've said? So far, yes. Yeah, okay. So I, I want to do two two separate fixes. Great. Okay, so you, you offered the fix of what does HBO do with Bill Simmons for the next two and a half years? Yeah. I'm not going to fix that yet. Number one fix, this is going to be quick. This is brave. This is quick. Yeah. So I'm going to fix this. What should HBO do about their sports programming? Oh, okay, great. Hire us. <laughs> Easy. Easy. We would be so much more entertaining than Bill Simmons. We could do this show. Literally, we this show. We could do drunk sports, and you know what? You get to actually visually see me drinking. Yeah. We get a few graphics guys. You know, we yeah. get a few. Other, we get a guest every time who gets drunk along with you as we go. It would be so much more fun. If anybody's in any way connected to HBO and listening... <laughs> Take note. This is a big opportunity for you. You could be the one who found us. You're executive producer. That's big yeah. money. Congratulations. I will say this. You know, last week you you also suggested that we would be taking over for Lon McCarron and Norman Chad on the ESPN World Series. Uh, we'll Search do both. It's fine. <laughs> I think that was not realistic, or maybe not realistic is the right word. I don't think we really are meant to be that, where one of us is play-by-play and the other one is No, we are not. Exactly. We're more like the Antonio Phil Locke. Like, let's go to the guys and see what they have to say about this spot, right? Yeah. Um. 
But this, I actually agree with you. This would be a better show by a lot than what Bill Simmons was doing on HBO. Yeah, he was, he was failing. Like, Unfortunately, people would watch this show, and even if they didn't, the people who did would like it. There were some cool moments. Let me. Let me uh, okay. I, I want to be clear. Bill Simmons, although his screen personality is not good, it's clear that he is a capable interviewer, and he's good at interacting with the person he's interviewing. He's just not fun while he's doing it. But like, for example, he had a time when he had Seth Rogen and Ricky Williams on the show, and he did a ten-minute weed interview where he just talked mm-hmm. to both of those guys about weed because they're they're two well-known potheads. Yeah, and that was fun. You know, like stuff like that. That was pretty cool. But, but it's not it, really what you code Bill. What you think of Bill Simmons no, as? No, right? it's not. I mean, he always was trying to do some sort of pop culture stuff on the yeah. yeah. Like the thing that made Bill Simmons special to me is that he married sports with a nice dash of pop culture, and it sounds like this show is like pop culture with a dash of sports. Right. So if that if that interview with Seth Rogen and Rick Williams, which was truly excellent, yeah. I really enjoyed that. If that was ten minutes, and then there was twenty minutes of other show that was just Bill Simmons monologuing with like graphics and help and stuff about the stuff he normally wrote about on Grantland, you know, like who 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 are the best point guards in the NBA, shit like that, the yeah. stuff that we do, you yeah. know, that type of stuff, that would have been great. I would have really enjoyed that because he you. always has really interesting stuff to say about that. Yeah, but he didn't get to shine in that way, and that may be no fault of his own. Maybe there was some sort of producer situation. Who knows? I mean, they're. I assume he has full control over his own show on HBO. Yeah, I guess. I think. Well, you know, you get you get whacked in the head. You know, you get not not like literally, but he, he gets to a certain point and he's like, "I have to do this. I have to do this." And he's right. like, "All these famous people want to be interviewed by me. I can interview Ben Affleck. Isn't that right. like I should do that instead of this other thing that is just me talking about basketball? Who am I? I'm a fucking nobody." I mean, right? I think if you get the opportunity to interview like Tom Brady and Ben Affleck and Malcolm Gladwell yeah. and Mark Cuban, you should probably take it. It doesn't sound crazy, but if you're Bill Simmons, you've got your own HBO show. Maybe that should be just a small part of your show, or yeah. find or only show us the really good clips. From I mean, it. at first, I, I the first couple of episodes I watched because I was excited about the show. Yeah, and at first he would do at least some of the like monologue type stuff at the beginning, which was always pretty cool. And then he would go into an interview. Yeah. Recent episodes, he just goes straight to interviews. He, he maybe makes one quip about whatever is current in the sports world and then goes straight to interviews. And that's not cool with me. I'm not, I'm not loving it. Yeah. I mean, Bill Simmons as an interview doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He's a great podcaster, actually, because he's talking – the only ones I ever listen to are him talking to his friends – and so they've got great rapport with each other. They really enjoy each other. And they're talking about sports. And they know enough about sports that it's at least interesting. The only you know? podcasts I've ever done have been me talking to my friend, Jonathan Levy. Oh, that's He's my sweet. friend. Yes. Yeah. It's nice, isn't it? That is very nice. I've done yeah. lots of podcasts without you. Yeah, I know. Many, many, many. Yeah. Many more than I've done I'm with sure you. I'm sure they're all worse than every podcast we've ever done together. I think we do better podcasts than anything I used to do. So yeah. there you go. But let's get back to your fix for HBO. <laughs> okay. So what am I going to do as HBO to make the most of this ridiculous contract we now have yeah. using Bill Simmons? I think we have to use him hmm, in some sort of like bring him in whenever we need him type of way for... Sports stuff, which is a problem because HBO is not live. <laughs> they do a whole lot of movies and TV shows. Yeah, I mean, HBO, okay, this is going to be more costly than it is effective. <laughs> but HBO has to like have the rights to, to, to playing some NBA or NFL or MLB uh, games and have Bill Simmons be like a guy who commentates on it or like helps him out with it. That would right. be great if they had that. They don't have that. How Do you think he'd actually be good at that? Not necessarily. I think he's gonna. he needs to be on like uh, real sports Stuff like that. Yeah. Like, they should use him on those shows, the, the sports shows that they already have, 
like have him be a guest on there quite frequently. Yeah, that's not bad. Also, they when he was on E60, remember they had I don't know if E60 still exists, but it was like the ESPN version of 60 Minutes. Yeah, and they had him play the Andy Rooney role, which is sort of he comes in at the end, he gets like two minutes at the end all by himself. He films it and he gets to do sort of a comedic take on whatever he wants to talk about. Okay, and like that kind of thing feels more suited for him. It's short. Charisma is a little bit less important because it's short. Right, it's, he gets to write it. It's hopefully it would be funny and interesting. It gives you anything he wants. You know, it's just like here you have a few minutes to go. Like that's the only time I have any sense of him being successful on TV. And even that didn't really work out that great and wasn't that good. Quite frankly, it was just pretty good. It was just okay. Yeah. So I, I don't. Okay. Maybe I can try to come up with a fun fix, but a literal fix. I don't think there really is one. I thought of one. Okay. Uh, this is when you say literal. I mean, we're just trying to make Simmons give value to HBO, right? Yeah. We could cast him in Westworld. How about we put him in Westworld? Yeah, uh, there you go. Like, he can be a, an actor. In, even that, they're paying him too much money. He also yeah. has to be in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Westworld and Game of Thrones. And maybe something else. <laughs> maybe they can CGI him into the Sopranos that people stream. <laughs> That's He's like in the brilliant. background reading a book. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, Bill Simmons was in the Sopranos. <laughs> I got it. I got to buy the no DVD set of every That's Soprano. That's the fix. This is the fix. We yeah. just figured it out. Okay, this is great. So, you take, you, you use all of the massively good modern technology. This is good, Jonathan, because you, you basically came up with this. So okay. Excellently done. You use all of the great modern technology, and you put Bill Simmons in every... Like, HBO... If you have HBO Go or HBO Now, you know. They have every single episode of every show they've ever made. So, every single show that they've made shows like Angels in America. I don't even know what the fuck that is, but I know that exists because it a, starts with an A, and it's always at the, right at the top. It's an AIDS drama, okay. by the way, but go on. All right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> that's great. You you CGI Bill Simmons into the background as an extra of every show. Yeah, and you do it well. You know, you you make sure your tech guys do a good job. So sure. people are thinking like, holy shit, Bill Simmons was just like an extra in Deadwood for for no reason. Like, like fucking Swearinger is drinking at the bar, and Bill Simmons is like drinking one seat over and doesn't speak. That's amazing. Like, and it's it's like you know like. Two episodes out of every single HBO show that's ever aired. You know, mm-hmm. Flight of the Concords. Bill Simmons like yeah. plays back background vocals or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, I like it. Yeah, just use his him as like whole the like to the point where anybody who looked it up on the internet would know that this is what HBO did. But if you weren't really didn't care that much or didn't really feel like looking it up in the internet, you would think, holy shit, Bill Simmons was in that show as just like an extra. Is this sort of like the Secret Mickey's at uh, Walt Disney World? I didn't know that existed. Okay, so at is Walt- that where you can drink? No, because there's nowhere else at Disney World you can drink. Apparently, there's like one bar in the whole premises. Oh, um, Premise. no, there's premises. 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 Yeah, he's a little drunk, people. It's okay. No, I'm uh, not. No, he's not. Yeah, I am. So, secret Mickey's are there's something like thirty small pictures of Mickey Mouse that are hidden throughout the park in Walt Disney World, and they're on some of them are on rides and things like that, and people try and find them all. So, like, someone could know that if you know about Bill Simmons being in this thing, you'd be like, I got to find every instance of Bill Simmons. In oh, every shit. You just, show. you just took it to another level. Yeah, I did. Because you, there could be prizes. Oh. <laughs> every time you find, like, you have to find every Bill Simmons instance in an old HBO show, tell them, like, the timestamp of the show, yeah. send it into HBO, and they'll give you the uh, free year of HBO or something. The only problem with that, because it's a great idea, is the internet makes it too easy to get that information out. So they'd have to, no, here's what you do every day. 
The old ones are erased, and new Bill Simmons. <laughs> so well, it's, 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 I mean, so they might as well because it. Bill Simmons is already on contract. You're, you're paying that guy, and honestly, filming him to put him I'm in. I'm just even imagining those Bill Simmons in front of a green screen, like wearing a cowboy hat, drinking for the Deadwood scene. And they're like, "All right, Bill, now we need you in that cowboy hat, sitting over there, drinking." Okay, because yeah. we're gonna put you in another scene later for tomorrow. And every yeah. day when you come back, when we film for every single show we've ever had. Two scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Just quietly in the background. Yeah. That would at least, there might be some value actually out of that. Then people would like stream the heck out of like their old shows looking for Bill Simmons. Yeah. Bill Simmons is not going to be happy with the solution, I got to tell you. Well, he's going to have to accept it because yeah, we, have the, we have the power. Yeah. And we made the decision. <laughs> so go ahead, Bill Simmons. Get your cowboy hat. Get your fucking space suit. Are there any space HBO shows? Um, I don't think so. But if there is one, Bill Simmons will be a meaningless character in a spacesuit. <laughs> Guarantee you that. <laughs> wow. Oh, this is why we do this show. Yeah. That was exactly why we did it. Fantastic. Great job, Grant. Thank You're, you. You too. You helped along the way. That was a really good let the drunk fix it. We're not done, by the way. We have another one. You ready for this one? I don't think it's possible to top that. Uh, I feel like we should have ended right there. But we're not going to. Okay. There's one more. This is uh, you know, time-sensitive, so I'm all about that. Okay. Right? Hillary Clinton. Oh, God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've done that to you too many times. Yeah, like we're three weeks in, in a row. Yeah, we're staying in sports. politics bullshit. I know. We're staying in sports. All right, sports. Not to cool. <laughs> okay. The 49ers this weekend yeah. were down 28-20 to 20 with eight seconds left in the first half, and the Saints had a first down on the Niners' 13-yard line. Okay? San Francisco Hold defenders. Hold on. Let me do the math. You got it? Yeah, that was optimal. Okay, okay good. good. Yeah, everything's fine so far. Yeah. San Francisco's defenders deliberately held the Saints receivers, forcing Drew Brees to wait it out until he threw the ball into the ground around Travis uh, Cadet in order to avoid a sack. There were three different Niners who were flagged for holding penalties on the play, but the Saints were only able to take a five-yard penalty for their lost time in the red zone, so they were left with only four seconds left and were forced to kick a field goal rather than ultimately try and take a shot at the end zone because the time was wasted. Got it so far? Yep. Great. This is a tactic that's apparently a variation of an old Buddy Ryan tactic called the Polish goal line, where he used to put in— That sounds extremely racist. racist. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just reading the facts here. Man. I'm just reporting the news, so don't, don't blame but me. How many don't Polish keep... goal lines does it take to screw in a light bulb? Yeah, um, I'm just going to keep reading my facts about the Polish goal line rather than trying Go to— Go ahead. Okay, do you know the answer? Uh, no, why would I know the answer to that? Because that's racist. I asked answer. you a question. Yeah. I'm going to just continue. Why would I ask the question <laughs> if I knew the answer? <laughs> it's a great point. Ryan's version basically had 12 men on the field to guarantee a penalty for too many men, but while the, apparently the clock would still go. I mean, this is old school NFL. And so, but what San Francisco did is they just held every receiver, and it basically forced the Saints to not be able to take a shot in the end zone. So you can see the problem with this. Now, as yeah. teams get down with. 15 seconds left or enough, maybe 15 seconds, like 10 seconds left or less. Defensive teams can just hold guys, and it's okay if there's a penalty if, there's, if the other team's in field goal range anyway. They're just forced to kick a field goal. You can sort of force them not to get a free shot at the end zone here. So yeah. how do we fix that, drunk? First of all, that's, that's a great job by Chip Kelly. That's, a, yeah. that's obviously the right play. If of course. Yeah, like that's great. That's coaching in motion, my friend. Yeah, I love that. Uh, the Chip Kelly. That, that's why it's cool to have Chip Kelly in the league, even if he's a bad coach. I can't tell if he's good or bad. Probably bad. Probably bad, but it's, he at least does stuff like that. You it know? may not be him. It may just be his defensive coordinator. It might be, but he's an offensive guy. Being knowing Chip Kelly is a guy who fucks with the dials, that makes me think it might be him. Agreed. You know, in a way. Um, okay, so how do we fix that? 
Yeah, how do we fix it so teams can't do that? Or, or there's a penalty for doing that in some way that doesn't that gives the offensive team what they sort of are freely supposed to get. Okay. I think for the literal fix, there's yeah. there's a quick easy one. <laughs> uh any any penalty in the any defensive penalty in the last thirty seconds of the game yeah. uh does not include a clock runoff. Like that you reset the clock to before the, the play started. Right. So it's like okay, so even if there's like a, a whole play occurs, yeah. you just Go back to whatever the time is. That yeah. would fix that. Yeah. So that's, okay. that's an easy fix. That's pretty good. What's your non-literal fix? I don't know yet. Oh, you don't have one? No. Do you have any thoughts here? Um, no, you got to that so quickly. It's weird. I was like, how would you fix this? And as you started to say, I was like, oh, I guess you just take, you just roll it back. And yeah. that's what you came up with, too. That seems like a kind of an easy answer. Why hasn't the NFL done that? Um, I don't know, because the NFL is one of the worst organizations, even though they're one of the most successful organizations. So the thing is this. They better come up with that pretty quickly. Because otherwise, the rest of the NFL is going to do this for the rest of the season. Can you imagine being in the Super Bowl? The I don't know. The freaking Cowboys are playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Dak Prescott gets down to the nine-yard line with 12 seconds left, goes back to pass, throws in the end zone, and it's um, holding on the Patriots. Not pass interference, holding. They get five yards, but there's like... Now there's only three seconds left, you know, and they get one play instead of like three plays. Yeah, I think it's like a that. pretty clear fix. It's pretty easy. It's a fix. pretty easy fix. Yeah. yeah. What can the NFL do about fixing it right now so that way you know teams don't, you know? I mean, they can. They Roger Goodell it? could hire one of his thugs to break the legs of the defensive coordinator who did did that, and then it'll discourage other defensive coordinators. Would other defensive coordinators know why the guy's legs were broken? Because that would feel really important. Yeah, they would leave a note. They'd be like, this is from Roger Goodell in the NFL. Your legs are broken now. (laughs) Congratulations. Your legs are broken now. They may not put two and two together We still want to say it's nice that you made it this far in your career and you're a defensive coordinator in the NFL. It's pretty good for you, but your legs hurt. So I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Right. I don't know. That's what the note would say. (laughs) I'm just not sure if the other DCs would, would put together based on that note that they shouldn't do this one play that this play is the reason oh, why no, the, guy it got wouldn't mention broke. why it, it wouldn't, wouldn't it wouldn't it would just no, but I get that. but once there were like three or four maybe they right. would start putting it together yeah that that would probably at least somebody some fan you know the internet exists now that's true so using the internet the fan would would say this is what it is yeah and, and people would be like oh it's a good good point and then the other defensive coordinators would say I wish my legs would continue feeling the way they do instead of hurt and broken, so I will not do it. But let's say it's the Super Bowl, and yeah. the Patriots are beating the Cowboys by four points. It might be worth, worth, the, uh, worth the old leg break. You might have to take the, the broken legs there for the team, you know? Belichick would make you, for sure. Belichick <laughs> would just break your legs so that way the NFL can't do it. He's like, so now just call the play. What can they do to you? Your yeah. legs are already broken, buddy. Yeah. You know they aren't going to break your arms. They wouldn't do that. They only break legs. I don't know. I don't know how you go with with there. I, the, the leg breaking, I guess. You don't like the leg breaking now. It's uh, what's you, the matter? Is you it? you poked a big hole in it. Which you, which thing? Oh, people not knowing? No, no, the Super Bowl. Oh, thing. the Super Bowl. That's the problem. Is the Super Bowl? Yeah, thing. you poked a big hole in the thing. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize that was such a big hole. I mean, hole. I'm trying to fix it. All right. Okay. Okay. Maybe for playoff games, you have to have the the defensive coordinator's family like. You know, taken right. like Jack Bauer style. Yeah, exactly. Where he's like, "Does he have a family?" Exactly. So you and you don't have to break their legs. But this you, is how this is how historically warring nations would do shit when they when they had a peace treaty. Important people from each nation would send their kids to the other nation to live there yeah. and grow up there. Like their entire lives, they would grow up there, and 
if they went to war or something was broken in the treaty, the, the, the threat was to kill the kid. Yeah. So that's what the NFL needs to do. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. it's like Game The NFL needs to kill the kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually what happens in Game of Thrones also. Yeah. Right? I mean, same thing. Yeah. Marcella. 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 Whatever. No, it's Marcella. So sweet. But there's a C in there. That's such a sad, sad time. It's a sad story, but I mean, she's product of incest, so good riddance. <laughs> Man, you don't mean that. I don't mean that. No. If you're a product of incest, incest and you're listening, <laughs> I guess, you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> that was good. That yeah. was good. That was really heartfelt. Yeah. It's great stuff. I'm sorry I that get... you have to deal with all the prejudice. I don't see how HBO hasn't picked up this show yet. I it's don't understand. Confusing. Like, what is the matter with you, HBO? He if just, you're, if he... anybody associated with HBO at all is listening... What's your fucking problem? I just want to say this, HBO listeners. He just apologized for that incest comment. Yeah. So come on. Like, we'll he take took less, it back. We'll take less money than Bill Simmons. He took it back. Even combined, we'll take less money. Yeah, we'll take... And for I, the first year. I mean, no guarantees. <laughs> in the six, we'll take $6 million for the first year total. Yeah. Total. Yeah, it's only $3 million a piece. You get two guys. You get to keep half a million bucks. You, you bastards. Some greedy bastards Although haven't I w- even contacted us yet. <laughs> I would like to say this. There is no way. This is going to be in the contract. We will not be green screened or anything into, you know, CGI'd into past episodes of HBO shows. Only our show. Yeah. That's a demand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be in Deadwood. Also, I want fresh squeezed orange juice every day. Well, that's delicious. I love that. But I want it to be like oranges from fucking like the, the, the tropics. Yeah. You know, like the yeah. good oh, fucking Trinidadian oranges. oranges is the best, man. The greatest orange juice of my life is Trinidadian orange juice. What are we no fixing joke. right now? I'm not sure anymore. Orange juice. The NFL. <laughs> We're fixing the NFL. <laughs> Go defensive coordinators. But we fixed that. Yeah. Remember, they have the, the defensive coordinator's family. Yeah. They're like, and how about this? They're like, we don't even know what we're going to do to your family. We've got a little wheel of fortune we're going to spin. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so, like, we might break the your son's is, legs. It's, it's all about fear. It's yeah. not about the actual act, right? right. So, like, you, some of the acts have to be horrific. And here's the thing. <laughs> You're going to have to follow through a couple times. <laughs> 100%. Or else the others won't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> what about next Super Bowl? Yeah. Then, right? Then they're just going to hold everybody. No. And th- so it's got to be like one of them is breaking legs. Yeah. One of them is, like, cutting off a hand. Yeah. One of them is straight decapitation. Yeah. Yeah. Right, slowly. One of them is a nice tea party, you know. Like oh, there, there has to be some good ones on there. I like that. That's yeah. good. A yeah. tea party. How about one of them is you win a million dollars? Yeah. <laughs> like maybe I want to do it. Maybe sure. I should risk my son's life and and also win the Super Bowl. See, we know we have to make a disincentive, so it can't be win a million bucks. But maybe yeah. But tea it's fun okay. to have that, especially. If, this is fun. a this is a missed opportunity for the NFL if they don't have the win a million dollars because you yeah. can air this on TV. This can be live. Wow, I would I would watch that. Of course, you would fucking watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone would watch that. Yeah. That was an incredible fix. This is maybe the best let the drunk fix it ever. I got okay. I think it's possibly the best one. We've had some strong ones. That was an amazing run right there of let the drunk fix it. Well, thank you for nice, saying that. Nice job. You you've too. been hot, you've been on fire all night, man. Well, thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Grant's you did a great it. job too. Well, thanks a lot, my yeah. man. All right, now we've done congratulating ourselves. Uh, let's just remind everyone, you can tweet at us at Drunk Sports Show. You can give us Let the Drunk Fix suggestions. You can, of course, hashtag that puppy, LTDFI. The puppy. Yeah, that's what it is. And uh, any other suggestions for the show? Anything you want to tell us? Tell us how you're doing with the Drink Along with Grant game. Everything else. Otherwise, we will see you next Tuesday, probably. Maybe Tuesday. We don't, the no- world is in chaos. We can't promise yeah. Tuesday because it was Thursday, then it was Wednesday. <laughs> Like, what are we going to do? We're just doing our thing. Yeah. That's us. All right. See you next week.